Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 60, and I want to I tell you, it was, I've been very hard-pressed in my spirit because I, 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 I approached the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't want to just give some cute word tonight i want to give a prophetic word i want to give a word that's for our church and and not just in the state but also globally and i felt like the lord led me to the passage in isaiah chapter 60 and that god has a word for us tonight i believe it is a prophetic word for this church for king's cathedral and chapels and i believe that we're about to embark on a journey that is transformative but i'm telling you we're about to see revival in every one of our campuses. We're gonna see things that have been prophesied over. We're gonna see things and a fulfillment in our own personal lives. How many of you guys have received a prophetic word and you look back and you say, God, when is this gonna happen? Come on, God, and you, you hold on to it. You haven't abandoned it yet, but you hold on to it. You believe that God's going to do it. Can I tell you, this is a season of fulfillment for your life. This is a season of fulfillment for this church. And as we look here in Isaiah 60, verse 1, let's all read together. I'm reading from the NIV. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord arises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the church that you have gathered together tonight under the banner of Jesus Christ it's not about me or it is about you and Lord we want you to be glorified in this place tonight Lord I pray speak to us speak to every person watching with the sound of my voice that there will be transformation tonight Lord that your incredible spirit the power of your spirit the tangible manifestation of your spirit will invade our campuses tonight that people will be healed that people will be set free Lord, that we will receive a revelation that will change the very directive of this church. That you will bring us into alignment into what you have ordained and called us to. And so we pray that now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. You may be seated. The title of my message tonight, if you're taking notes, is rise up and shine. Rise up and shine. You know, I want us to look to understand really the magnitude of this passage and the true essence of this passage we first have to take a look at what what occurs and and what Isaiah is addressing of the aftermath of Isaiah 59 9 and I want you to see this in Isaiah 59 9 it says so justice is far from us and righteousness does not reach us we look for light but all is darkness for brightness but we walk in deep shadows Like blind, we grope along 
the wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. At midday, we stumble as if it were twilight. Among the strong, we are like the dead. Wow. Among the strong, we are like the dead. Can you imagine for a moment the experience there that we see in Isaiah 59, what the people of God must have been going through? The experience of feeling like you were in darkness. That means you were hopeless. And this is the worst part. Not only were they hopeless, but they were without revelation. One of the worst places that we can be is not in a place where we don't see the miracle. It's having the inability to see what God wants to do. It's having the inability to receive a revelation. To see that revelation needs hope. Hope fuels revelation. And so if you don't have hope, you'll never get the revelation that God has designed for you. And so what happens is we get discouraged and we get frustrated and we feel like we're walking in the dark. The children of Israel felt like they were navigating through the dark. They might as well have been blind. They had no hope. They had no revelation. Friends, I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I know what it's like to be in that place. I know what it's like to need a miracle. I know what it's like to need breakthrough, but feeling like the situation that you're confronted with, the situation that you're trying to navigate through, you feel hopeless. You feel like you're in the dark and you lack that revelation. And that's when, this is what's so amazing, is our God is a God of revelation. That in one moment, he can bring forth revelation. In one moment, he can shine upon the darkness. And that's what we see in this passage. We see the position and the condition of the children of Israel, a feeling as though they're in the dark, hopeless and without revelation. And then in one moment, the word of the Lord comes forth and says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Friends, this is what the Lord is speaking to us tonight as a church, as a congregation, as individuals. He is speaking to us to arise and to shine. To understand this first, we have to understand the power of the glory of God. The emphasis in this passage here in Isaiah 60 is the emphasis of God's incredible, powerful glory, his presence. And he says, arise, your season of darkness is over. It is time to wake up. Can I, can I share with you a parallel scripture? I love this passage in Ephesians chapter 5. Listen to this New Testament parallel, Ephesians 5, 13. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine upon you. See, God wants to establish his hope in your life. Sometimes in my own personal life, I, I insist. No, Lord, I, I'd rather stay in my, my position of slumber. I don't want to have to face my day. Anybody ever wake up in the morning? You just don't want to have to face it. Because you know what's about to happen. I don't, want, I don't want to face this day. I don't want to face the situation. I don't want to go to work today because I know I'm going to get yelled at. And those moments where we, we lay in bed going, I think I'm going to call in sick today. I don't want to wake up. But see, what God wants to do is he wants to establish hope in our heart to where we're willing to face a new day. 
See, when you begin to understand, church, I need you to hear this tonight. When you begin to understand the magnitude of God's grace, his grace empowers you to face a new day. His mercies are new every single morning. And that thing that has held you in bondage, that thing, that fear, that concern, that overwhelming darkness that the enemy tries to surround you with, the hopelessness of life, can I tell you right now, God's grace and God's mercy empowers you to arise, to awaken, and say, I will face what stands in front of me. I am not afraid. So he says, arise, you sleepers. Today's a day of victory. I know you're exhausted. I know you're weary, but you're about to face victory. You're about to experience the goodness of the Lord. Can I ask you a real quick question? If you knew that today was full of miracles, it'd be easy to wake up, wouldn't it? I remember as a kid, man, I, I loved wrestling. Can I just tell you, I love to wrestle. And I remember I would hang up my, my, my singlet. Just don't picture that. Don't try and imagine it. Just scrub that away all right but I would hang up my singlet and my wrestling gear and everything and I'd hang it up and I, I couldn't sleep because I was so excited because the next morning we had we had a tournament and I couldn't, I couldn't wait couldn't wait to wake up why because I knew that there was victory because I had worked hard and I had practiced and this was a time where I'm going to get in that tournament and I'm going to have some matches and I'm going to wrestle and I'm going to be victorious you're victorious I want, you, I want you now to get a different revelation of when you face every single day, you're not facing your day as a victim, you're facing your day as a victor. So arise! But I love how the prophet says, not only arise, but he says shine. The glory of the Lord is with you. And I, and I like that word shine. In the, in the Hebrew, it is the word or, which means to be or become light. It's not just having light shine on you. It's not just saying, oh well, I have some light and I can use a flashlight. It's actually saying that you emit or, in, or, or, in, or, or bring forth light from your life. You emit or emanate light from you. It's not to have light, it is to be light. Can I say that again? It's not to have light, it's to be light. That the glory of God so impact us that his light and his life shines through us. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18, it says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with what? Ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Friends, we are the light of the world. That means the power and the glory of God is in you. We emit the power of God. It's more than just something we have. It's something we are. Someone needs to hear that tonight. It's more than something you just have like a flashlight and you just got to power it up every so No, it's something that you are. We are light. We shine for it comes from you. That's why I love when, when Peter stretches his hand toward the lame man and he says, such as I have, give I thee. Such as I own, such as I am. Jesus says something so profound and sometimes we miss it, don't we? 
when the woman with the issue of blood touches the hem of Jesus' garment, Jesus gives us a revelation of how the power of God works. He says, whoa, 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 hold on. I just felt healing virtue leave my body. It wasn't something, healing was not something that was spontaneous in the life of Christ. It was something that resided within his very cells. Healing was more than what Jesus had. It was who he is. It's who he was. He is healing. He is peace. It's not that he just says, oh, I, I have this, and if you need a little bit, I can give you something. No, it's more than that. It's this is who I am, so this is what I bring forth. Friends, you are the body of Christ. You are the people of God. You have been. You don't just carry a candle. You are the candle. And that means we depend and we rely upon the fire of God in our life to set us ablaze, to set us aflame. We depend upon the glory of God. We need the glory of God in our lives. And just as we see here in this passage, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's, contemplate the Lord's glory are being what? Transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Wow. Friends, I want more of him. So the first thing that we see and what God is calling our church to is to be carriers of his glory, to arise and to shine forth the glory of God. Friends, this is a season where God wants to pour out his spirit like never before. So the history, in the 41 year history of this church, I can remember moves of God that were so profound. I, I remember when we, I don't know if some of you remember this, but we were in the tent meeting in the field out there the football field, and we had this tent, probably sat about 500, 600 people, I don't know, but it was torture sometimes because I, I remember there was this one service and we had a, a powerful guest speaker and it was like the invasion of flies. Do you remember that? And, and flies were like flying in your mouth and we're trying to worship the Lord and flies are just coming in. And we had these incredible moments where people were just getting touched by God, lives being changed, people, people that you could never imagine that would ever be saved or being saved. I, I remember specifically, I was in that tent meeting, and, and nobody on planet Earth, I don't care how many doctors they have, nobody on planet Earth can convince me that God doesn't heal. Because I remember, I'm, I'm in a meeting, in that tent meeting, and I'm sitting in the back, there. we had these bleachers, they were scary, man, the scary bleachers, <laughs> sitting in the back, and I was on the top of the bleacher, and my friend was sitting next to me, and there was a young man that I knew personally, I knew him very well, and he had gotten hit by a car. And for years, he had to go to a chiropractor every, every week, and he had to get fixed up, and he was in tremendous pain. And, and the guest speaker calls him out and brings him up to the front. Now, mind you, I'm sitting in the back in a tent. And the guest speaker lays hands upon him, and all of a sudden, I hear from the back of the tent, 500 people in the tent, I hear a pop, boom, and the guy shakes, the kid shakes, and you hear a pop. He falls to the ground. What was that? Everybody, everybody got real quiet like, what just happened? The kid got up completely and totally healed. 
wasn't a coincidence. Listen to me, it wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't, it wasn't man-made. It was the power of God being released. Only God could do that. We've got to recognize something. God has incredible power. And he wants to demonstrate his power. He wants to establish his glory and his power in the church. But church, we have to arise and we have to shine. That is what God is calling us to. The second thing that we see in this passage, which to me is, is quite amazing, it says in the nations will come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. In this season, this next season of our ministry, not only are we going to have a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but I believe we're, we're being ushered into a season of a gathering and a growth like never before. I believe that God is calling King's Cathedral and chapels, not just here in the state of Hawaii, but also worldwide to step into a level of supernatural influence. Government officials, celebrities, not that we chase these things. The only thing that we chase is the presence of God and the only thing that we pursue is the loss. Can I tell you that right now? But God is entrusting us with another level of influence and as we see in Isaiah 60 as the power of God and the glory of God is poured out upon his people, there now starts a movement of supernatural influence. Can I tell you something though? We've gotta be very cautious because influence begins with attraction. I'm gonna say that again. Influence begins with attraction. I'm not saying you have to be good looking. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Love covers a multitude of sin. Anyways. Unfortunately, we've had seasons where the church has the greatest, most amazing message on planet Earth, yet we become so unattractive because of legalism. We become unattractive because of a lack of grace and a lack of mercy. And we talk about a, a God that has unconditional love, but we don't live it. And we want to be influencers, but we are extremely unattractive. And the world doesn't want to come to church. You know, we, we say in our Discover track every single week, one of the plans that God's given us to reach this state, reach this island, is that we want to have church services that the mature believer can grow. I wanna have, have a church service that the mature believer can grow in, but unchurched people love to attend. And what we have to understand is the balance that we're not here to cater only to people that say, oh man, I really love that song. That's a song that I got touched by God in in 1962. Pastor, play that song again. Or I need church to be like this and I need church to be like that. We have to realize that it's not a catering to one or the other. It's being a church that is passionate about seeing mature believers grow, but the unchurched people wanting to actually come to church. Did you know that we can be so loving that people can't wait to come to church? Because like, I can't wait to be around those people. I'm around jerks all week long. All I want to do is go to church where people love me unconditionally, where people smile at me, when people just hug me. and I, you know, It's so addicting. 
Can you imagine becoming a church that's so attractive? What was so special about Jesus is he was attractive. The Bible actually explains that he wasn't physically attractive. He was plain. The Bible called him plain. How dare you call me plain? I'll false crack you in the face. But people couldn't wait to get in the path of Jesus because there's an attraction, the love that he had, the power that he had. Can you imagine if the church gets their love back? Imagine if the church gets their power back, the attraction that we'll have to the lost, that before they go to the hospital, on their way to the hospital, they'll stop at the church first. That means we have to make a shift, friends. We've got we've to deal with some of the things that are extremely unattractive in our church. For example, making customs more important than Revival. I remember I, I I'm going to go here. I might as well go here. I'm not saying this. I'm not opening the door to this. Dr. Mark will come back and fix all of this next week. (laughs) And I'm not excusing. I'm just telling you what happened, okay? Just, I I remember we we started a cafe in our church. And people... People would get coffee before service and they'd start walking in to church with a coffee cup. You would have thought that hell froze over. You would have thought that Satan was standing in the room. People were tripping. I'm talking, the ushers didn't even know what to do with themselves. They're like, there's a cup in the sanctuary! You think, I, you think I'm joking? Pastor, pastor, I've been in the middle of worship. People coming, pastor, 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 we gotta talk. What's going on? Man? Somebody's drinking coffee in church. The fire of God, the judgment of God is going to fall on us. I remember all the, all the people I had to call that week and apologize because we had laid down precedence. Ushers were, were going up to people saying, you can't drink that in here. What are you doing? You're not allowed to have... I was like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Pastor, if they spill their coffee, the carpet, the what? The carpet! (laughs) Can I ask you a question? If the carpet gets stained, will the Holy Spirit leave? Sometimes we have to put an emphasis on what's most important. Can I tell you one of the most unattractive aspects of church? is that we try and major on the minors and minor on the majors and we get lost. It's about souls. It's about people. I hope to God that one day we have so many cigarette butts outside the church. <laughs> pastor, pastor, we got to talk. <laughs> pastor, that's, that person was smoking before church. Praise God, this is the place to be. <laughs> what? Come on. See, God's desire is that he wants to usher us into a place of growth and a place of gathering where the nations of the world come to church and come to this house. But friends, we have to be open and we have to be available. We have to, are you ready for this? We, 
We have to be a place that is more consumed with the presence of God and the love of God. That's what we have to be. I'm not giving people permission to drink coffee in the sanctuary. Please listen to me. Because people are like, too late. <laughs> There's, it's so funny. Can I just tell you? It's so funny. Because in the beginning our, of our culture there in Oahu, it was really funny. Because people would be drinking coffee and they'd be hiding it. You know what I mean? It's just like. You're all sneaking stuff in here. We all know. And now it's so funny because people are worshiping God and they have their latte in their hand and like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It's so funny. They're so unashamed now. It's just like. If you need Jesus, you want to you receive salvation, just lift your hand to the Lord. Yes. Yes, I believe. So funny. I'm sorry. Some people are looking at me going, Pastor, that ain't funny. That is sacrilegious. It's okay. We'll get healed. God wants us to become a place called the gathering place. God wants us to be a place where we grow, but we've got to be willing to grow. We've got to fall in love with people. We've got to bring back this attractiveness of the church, of the love of God, and the power of God, and the miracles of God, and the supernatural of God. The third thing that we see in this passage, this is profound to me. As we see that all assemble and come to you, your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. What? You know, I begin to look at this pastor and say, God, what are you trying to say to us? What are you trying to say to King's Cathedral and chapels? And I felt like the Lord showed me that there is a season coming of supernatural reconciliation. That people are going to be coming back to church. Come on. That the heart of the Father are going to be restored to the Son and the Son to the Father. That it's a time for backsliders to come home. It's time for people, the, the prodigal sons, to come home. This is a season of reconciliation. This is a season of the return. Some of you are believing for your, your kids and your loved ones to be saved. This is a season where they're going to come back to the Lord. We've been praying for years and years. Lord God, bring them back. Bring them back, Lord. God says, I'm bringing them back. They're coming from a far place. Those who have wandered astray, I'm bringing them back home. I'm bringing my sons back. We're being ushered into a season of reconciliation, but even more so a season of new birth. Oh, wow. I saw this. I said, wow, how profound is that? That not only are the sons coming back from afar and a season of reconciliation, but a season of brand new birth. We're going to begin to bring forth new souls and new salvations like never before. Friends, there is going to be an explosion of brand new salvation. People that have never said a salvation prayer in their life, people that have never darkened the door of the church are going to come to church. Friends, can I ask you a question? Is this a safe place to be born? I remember when, when my, my Haven was born. It was crazy. It's my first child. I drove so slow from the hospital to my house. It was ridiculous. And people were passing me, and I'm like screaming, I'm like, slow down! And a baby! 
baby in here. What's wrong with you? My wife's like, babe, they're going the speed limit. Just, just relax. I was so careful. You guys remember when you had your first kid? You know what I mean? Like they touched something on the floor. You're like, no, you're screaming. Like, no, don't do that. It's gross, nasty. Your third kid, you're like, eat whatever you want. Go for it. I don't care. <laughs> just, just go for it. It's actually kind of funny because the first kid, you're like, no, don't you just, if something falls in the ground, you throw it away, right? Second kid, something falls in the ground, you pick it up, clean it up for it, give it to him, right? Third kid, you're just like, just go, just, it's all yours, just have at it. You know, there's an environment that needs to exist for new birth. And the church has to become a place that is conscious that God wants to bring a new birth. Are we ready to disciple people? Are we so consumed with our four and no more that if God brings new people into the house, do we know how to grab them and bring them in? Can we bring them into the family? Or we just say, I'm sorry, you know what? My family's full. God's about to bring new birth into this house. God's about to bring new birth into all of our extensions and all of our campuses, but we have to be ready. We have to be an environment that can handle the new birth. We've got to be an environment that's ready to disciple, ready to bring people, raise them up. Are you guys getting anything tonight? So we see clearly, number one, that God wants to pour out his glory upon this church, upon King's Cathedrals and Chapels. God wants us to gather and to grow. But thirdly, God wants to bring forth generational blessings. He's about to bring forth reconciliation, and he's about to bring forth new birth. But we see in an incredible way, and I, and I think a lot of times we, we, prophesy over, we, we prophesy concerning this, and we believe God concerning it, but I believe it is upon us. And we see that there's a generosity a generosity of the nations about to come to this house. And I, I love it how it says this. It says, Your sons come from afar and daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your hearts will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. God is about to pour out blessings upon his people like never before. There's a supernatural grace coming to this house. I don't believe that that $1.2 million offering was an accident, and I don't believe that it's the only offering we'll ever receive like that. I believe that there's an avalanche of blessing coming upon the people of God. There's an increase coming to you. Some of you have had miracles. You're about to have more. Some of you have increased. You're about to increase more. Get ready because the wealth of the nations are about to come forth. And I believe that offering, that $1.2 million offering was just like the gift that Barnabas brought before the apostles and laid it at their feet and it began to stir up a spirit of generosity in the church. But we have to believe that God will do a work in us where we become generous. See, God doesn't pour out generosity just so that we can be rich. He pours out generosity upon us and riches upon us so that we can be generous. Well, let me close. Pastor Grace, if you'll come to the piano, I want to take a moment to make sure we pray for people tonight. Pastor, how is this going to happen? 
Pastor, how will we see the glory of God fall like never before? How will we see a gathering and a growing come upon KC? How will we see the generational blessings where there will be reconciliation and new birth? Pastor, how will we see a spirit of generosity unleashed upon the house and where the wealth of the nations will come here? Friends, I believe that God is calling us to be found faithful. When we look at this passage and that which God was calling the children of Israel to, the prophet Isaiah, it was a call to be found faithful. Church, will we be found faithful? See, everything that we have here, the blessings of the Lord, the reconciliation, the glory of God, the power of God, the growth, all of it is predicated upon our covenant with God. God was trying to help the children of Israel understand something. Everything that I promised you, everything I declare over you is predicated upon the covenant that you walk in with me. We have to be a people of covenant, committed to what God is doing. Are we committed to his word? Are we committed to his presence? And I believe I just want to give you three things real quick because if we, we ask ourselves, well, God, God, how is this going to happen? Lord, how is this going to happen in my life? How is this going to happen in our church? We have to look at this. Number one, we've got to be committed to covenant. We have to understand covenant. We have to be covenant people. And I, I don't say this loosely, friends, not just a covenant with God, but covenant with the place he's called you to. We want things to grow, but we don't want to be planted. We want to bear fruit, but we don't want to be planted. Because we don't understand what covenant is, so we go from place to place to place to place to place. And we never really get rooted and grounded. And every time a wind comes and begins to shake that tree, you get uprooted. Because your roots are shallow. Because you've never committed, you've never walked in covenant. Can you imagine a marriage can you imagine a relationship? You just go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship and you never commit to that relationship. Can I tell you, church? There's a season, and I know you don't want to hear this, and some of you are going to look at me and go, oh, bro, I like punch that guy in the face right now. <laughs> but if we're believing God for a greater pouring out of his spirit, we're believing God for greater growth, we're believing God for reconciliation. All these things that we're believing God for, we've got to come to a greater level of commitment. Are you in covenant with the church or are you just a spectator? Are you in a life group? Are you in a ministry? Or are you just spectating from the seats and you got your opinion? See, last time I checked, there are activities of covenant. As I'm in covenant with my wife, as I'm in covenant with my children, I'm in covenant with relationships. There's such a commitment there that they can rely upon me. Do you know why most churches don't flourish? Is because they don't have people in the church they can rely upon. It got really quiet. Holy moly. People on Oahu, I know you're shouting right now. You got me. Come on. <laughs> Let me hear you outside. Come on, give me a honk outside. There you go. That helps me. It was getting a little quiet in here. Some of you guys are like. You know, that's one thing. Can I tell you? I believe 
And that's one reason God has blessed KC the way he's blessed KC. Because KC is filled with some of the most committed people I've ever seen on planet Earth. We have to be in covenant with one another. Are you ready for this? We have to be committed to the call. We have to continue to be the church and the people God has called us to be. Friends, we're not like the church down the street, and that's okay. God has a unique call and a unique purpose for our church, and if we're not careful, are you ready for this? If we're not careful, we'll make blessings and we'll make growth more important than the call. Every single person is called to a specific thing. Some people are called to have these big, massive churches and, and, they, and, and they work and, and do certain things and move people here and there, and that's fine. As long as they're obedient to their call, we have to be the, God, the church God's called us to be, which we are unapologetically spirit-filled and will stay that way. And there are certain things that are part of the conviction of what God's called us to do and God's called us to be, and we have to continue. If we want the blessings of the Lord, we have to commit to the call. we got to make sure that we're not just changing with every whim the, and, and, and every fad and going, oh, I want to be a part of this fad. I, want to be, I need to be who God's called me to be. And you know, sometimes it's hard. Can I tell you why? As much as I admire and as much as I love Dr. Morocco, I ain't him. Sorry. And I had to learn that the hard way. You know what happened is I stepped into Oahu when God called Shannon and I there. And my first year, man, I suffered. Can I tell you why? I tried so hard to be Dr. Morocco. And I'll tell you, there was a man that saved my life. His name is Pastor Tommy Tenney. And Pastor Tommy walks into the church and he says something so unique to me. He says, one of the things I've found with pastors that a lot of pastors really struggle with insecurity. They're trying to be somebody else. They're trying to be the next T.D. Jakes or Dr. James Morocco. And here I am. He doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't, he doesn't know what's happening in the inside of me. And I'm, I'm trying to mimic Dr. Morocco because it was his success and his personality and, and his anointing. But see, I have to recognize that there's a new anointing on my life. There's a new anointing on your life. There's a call. There's a uniqueness that God's called you to be. And, and this is the thing. You'll never walk into the fulfillment of what God's called you to unless you walk in it. You've got to answer the call of what God has for you. Don't be enamored by trying to be someone else. Now, we stand upon the shoulders of great men and women of God, and we've got to honor people. But, friends, we also have to honor the call of God on our life. Be who God called you to be. KC has to be the church God's called it to be. We're not a mere reflection of the church down the street. We will be the church that God's called us to be. But the last thing is we also have to commit to his presence. We have to commit to his presence. We have to commit to covenant. We have to commit to the call. But friends, we have to commit to his presence. John chapter 15, verse 1. I want to read this to you. Many of you probably have this memorized. But John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it, 
that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Friends, I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be that person. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples, showing yourself to be my disciples. Friends, we've got to be committed to his presence. Without his presence, we are nothing. We cannot assume that we have the ability and the strength in and of ourselves to answer the call and do the supernatural. We are dependent upon the presence of God. We're dependent upon the presence of God in our marriage, in our businesses, in our relationships, in our church. We've got to be a people that, that pursue, that chase hard after the presence of God. God, without your presence, we can't even be who you called us to be. Well, pastor, if it was between, you see a lot of people, they want to speculate this way. They say, pastor, if it was between the harvest and his presence, what would you choose? I don't have to choose that. You're asking the wrong question. Because his presence produces a harvest. His word says, if I behind lifted up, I'll draw men unto me. The passion that I have is for the presence of God. And if I make sure that I'm doing everything I need to do, make sure he's present, we'll grow, we'll influence, we'll gather, we'll have reconciliation, we'll have healing and miracles, we'll be the church that God has called us to be but we've got to be committed we've got to be committed to the covenant with God we've got to be committed to the call and we've got to be committed to his presence you know so many of you are believing God for a supernatural harvest in your life and in this season as God is drawing us as a church for every campus watching right now God is drawing us in as a church to go to new heights the thing that will be in question this always happens no matter what you know I my first the first year that my wife and I were married man, it was amazing it was incredible like we had little things here and there but then pretty soon the pressure came it's easy when everything's great The thing that always comes into question when the pressure comes is how committed are you to this? How committed are you to the call of God? How committed are you to the harvest? How committed are you to your breakthrough? Church statewide, we've got to arise. We've got to wake up. We've got to be passionate pursuers of the presence and the glory of God. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord. 
The glory of the Lord shall shine, shall rise upon you, within you, and throughout your life. I want to pray for you tonight. And I believe that what God wants to do in the next few minutes of this service that we have left, I believe that God wants to bring forth miracles. I believe that God wants to bring forth healing and reconciliation. And right now, this is the first thing we're going to do, and I felt so strong in my spirit to do this. I want every single person in this building that is under 18 years old, I want you to stand your feet, and I want you to line up on this altar. Every single church right now in Oahu, Lanai, Molokai, Big Island, Kauai, I want you to line people up right now. Every person in that sanctuary that is under 18 years of age. As I was studying this passage... The Holy Spirit began to speak to me and says, Son, there's a, there's a powerful generational revival that's coming to KC. The generations shall be saved. The children's ministries, youth ministries, young adult ministries are about to explode in a brand new way. And friends, that's been prophesied over. That's been prophesied over this house for years and years and years. And we're just seeing the fruit of it now. But more so, it's about to erupt like a volcano in every location. Pastors, I hope you're lining up every single person in that sanctuary right now. Now, this is what I want. I want every person here where you're seated. You're going to stand where you're seated. Now, watch this. Hold on. Let me explain what I want you to do. Every person that is believing for a wayward child to come back home or you have a friend that's backslidden or someone that you're believing to come back to the Lord, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Come on. We're going to intercede. Now, this is what I want. I want all of our pastors and ministers, I want you to line up. Young people, go ahead and spread out all the way. Single file line all the way across. Come on. And I'm going to ask all of the pastors and ministers to lay hands upon the generations. We're going to pray for supernatural revival to come. Get ready. Pastors, don't get upset if you've got to move where you're located because the youth ministry is growing so large. Come on. It's going to happen. It's about to break out. Friends, don't. <laughs> do me a favor. Can we, just, can we just lay? This is very important. When we start seeing people that used to be in the church come back, don't go up to me like, bro, where you been? Why, you in backslide? <laughs> Please don't do that. Please don't do that. You know what I want you to do? Do what the Father did. Do what the Father did. You love them. You pour out love upon them. You don't need to know what happened. We're not a bunch of gossipers. You don't need to know what happened, where they went, what they did. Tell me the whole story, bro. I like, no. How deep you in go? How? No, no, no. What we want is we want restoration and reconciliation. God's about to, God's about to save your neighbors. God's about to bring your family members back. Reconciliation's about to happen. Lift your hands to the Lord all over this place. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.